Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips and picks. I'm your host, Professor Sides. It's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is actually known as a sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode set to cover the biggest and best 13 college basketball games scheduled to be played on Saturday, January 21st, 2023. If you're new, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pictotheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and the community rules. This episode, again, only covering the best game. So for all the model A-grade plays, join us on Patreon at the $5 or higher level. That also gets you access to the Discord chat, and that is the best place to get questions answered about these games, along with discussion on the games, on games and other sports, all sorts of fun stuff over there. Uh, so join us on Discord. As always, remember, there are no locks in gambling. So what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades, or rather, plays it wants you to make. Plays where it can't quite get there, but a better number or price would do it. And the toss-up games, the results for all the recommended picks, the ones in the show, the model, A grade plays, and all of the plays of the day can both be found in Betstamp and the Google Sheet. Those links are in the show description. That Google Sheet also contains a full set of model projections on every single game. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, for once, I'm recording this at a point where I kind of know how yesterday's results have gone. Um, seemingly another great day for us here. It's been a lot of fun this year. We've had some good results. Um, if you've been with us here on this show, and hopefully we can continue that today, 13 games, 14 picks. But before we get to it, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned that Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 per month gives you the play of the day. For another $2 a month, you get all the model picks and access to that Discord chat that I talked about earlier. And for five more dollars a month, you get ad-free shows and immediate access, early access to every pick. Go to www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it. All lines, either probably courtesy of Bet Online or just the consensus line. Again, I haven't had time to quite figure out exactly how I want to handle this. I, I, I've been a big fan, if you've been around for a long time, of bet stamp and the transparency and the receipts. I'm a big believer in the transparency, and when we win, we, we show it, and when we lose, we show it, right? It's always in the Google Sheet and always in the bet stamp, and um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in that. It's being difficult now with the, our, our book of choice not being pulled in there, so I haven't quite figured out. I've, I've played with some different books, using different things, but they're having, they have like four or five games right now that um, – they don't even have a lineup from any book and they've got a tons of books in there. So they've got all sorts of issues on their side right now. So I, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I'll, I'm trying to figure something out with that, but um, either everything that we're talking about here, uh, it's either at bet online or it's at like a bunch of different books out there. So always shop around. Uh, I got a couple different books you can sign up for in the show description. Um, but you should be able to find these prices. Uh, if you're listening to this reasonably close to recording time to get early access for the shows um, available on Patreon, uh, or if you're up with this late on, uh, YouTube uh, here. It is late Friday night. So starting off, going to cover one eleven a.m. game, Miami at Duke. I'm going to grab the six points with Miami. We've talked about the you know the Duke tax a little bit here. You tend to always pay an extra point or two more than than it's worth, and that's kind of been reflected in the fact that Duke has, on average, been nine points below 
expectations uh, that the model has set for them over the last month. If they underperform that here, Miami's got a good shot to win this game. And if nothing else, I've got a really good shot to keep it close. Sideline says it should be Duke minus five. So we're getting a little bit of value here, getting six points with Miami. I'd love seven. That's where it's a model A grade play. But at six, I still think it's worth the investment because I still, still think you're getting value here on, on Miami team that I've been really impressed with and is really good. And like I say, can easily go in there and win this game. If nothing else, keep it close. Um, maybe not quite as rowdy of a crowd there for an 11 a.m. game, which would diminish Duke's home court advantage just a little bit. I like the Hurricanes here to hang around in this one. I'm going to grab the points. Totals 148 and a half. Models is 147.3. But the fact that both these teams have been scoring a little bit more than the model has projected makes me think that 148 and a half is pretty spot on. I don't really think it's worth messing with. I'm just going to grab the points with the Hurricanes. Maybe a tiny, you know, tenth of a unit on the money line, just in case they pull, you know, two, you know, fifth of a unit on the money line, in case they pull the upset, might be worth it too. Uh, but getting six points with Miami, I think, is too good to pass up. One noon game here, TCU at Kansas. Here's your double dip, a little early in the show than usual. It feels like it's usually been later in the show. But we're going to kick it off here pretty early. I'm going to grab the seven points with TCU, and we're going to go over 145 and a half. A couple things here. You'll know I've been kind of fading Kansas a lot in conference. Um, they were a pretty strong non-conference team, but uh, we faded them now 14 times in the season, got nine and five fading them. So it's not to say Kansas is a good team. They are a good team, but they've been a little bit overvalued because again, we faded them, you know, almost three out of four times. And we've been pretty profitable fading Kansas. And I think the same thing here. I think I love getting a number like seven. I think there's some seven and a halves out there, at least as of now. You know, seven is kind of my tipping point number where I'm looking, if it's above seven, I'm looking to take the points. If it's below, I might be looking more to lean it as just a general, like where my compass is starting. Right. And so I think getting seven or more here with TCU is just too much. Talk about I think the TCU team is really good. I think we're getting a little bit of extra point of value here because I think people are writing off TCU after what was a truly terrible performance in Morgantown. But I mean, a couple of things there. Number one, I mentioned it. Morgantown's a really tough place to play. Number two, um, you're right. I've mentioned this before too. So if you're new, you probably haven't heard me say it, but with college basketball, you got about 30 games in the year. And the old saying is that you're going to play terrible in five of them and you know, out of your minds in five of them, the other 20 are pretty average. TCU's been pretty solid all season. I kind of get a good feel for where their 20 middle games are. And if they do that here, they ought to hang around in Lawrence. They, they, they're going to have a hard time winning, but they ought to be able to hang around. If they were a really good basketball team. And I don't think they're that far behind Kansas sideline says that this should be Kansas minus 6.6, but I just, I still think that's even too high. I would have probably made this about five and a half, uh, maybe six. I just think we're getting a little bit of value here from TCU coming off that, that bad performance. Um, Kansas, of course, coming off that loss against Kansas state. I don't think that means a whole lot. I, I said at the time, I thought Kansas state had a chance to win that uh, given the game location there. And I, I love Kansas state as well too. I think Kansas state TCU, both fantastic teams going to give Kansas a hard time um, is those that, that trio, you know, maybe Texas and, and Baylor kind of, you know, in Iowa state, you know, you got six teams there at the top that are all really good. All going to have a hard time beating up on each other. Seven, just way too many points here. Give me all those points. I'm going to go over again. My strategy for these Big 12 totals has worked pretty well for the most part. You got a handful, you know, two teams, three teams, you kind of more look under. The rest of the teams you look over. But even that, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State went over due to a, some some strong shooting in the second half. And that was a pick that we made here um, on the show as well. So even that went over, right, with those two teams. And those are two more under teams. The numbers hasn't caught up on the whole. It's not going to win every single time. It didn't win with TCU and West Virginia. We played the over and lost. But again, you know, there's no there's no thing that we can try to jump on and it's going to hit every single time. What we're trying to do is hit it, 
you know, you know, if it hits 60% of the time, that's fantastic. But in reality, we're just kind of hoping for 55%. If we can do that long-term, we're going to make a heck of a heck of a killing here. We're gonna have a lot of fun. We're going to make money, right? It's going to be, it's going to be good stuff. So it's hitting for the most part, these overs. And I just don't think the numbers caught up. I don't see anything from these teams. And I've seen these two teams play a lot that says there's going to be anything slowing down. The defenses aren't bad. It's just the offenses are so good. There should just be a lot of points. So I like the over in this one, especially if it's in this mid 140s. I think we get closer to 150 than in this mid 140 range. And then again, I'm grabbing all seven points with TCU there. Got three 1 p.m. games. Talk about the first one Texas Indiana, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky, I mean, and kind of a and I, I think A&M's been a confusing team as well with their ups and downs. Obviously, Kentucky has been just all over the map. They have they continued to play at times with some of their really suboptimal lineups against Georgia, and it didn't look like they were going to win that game. The optimal lineup that they played against Georgia, I want to say outscored Georgia, and they're like 15 minutes on the court outscored them by about 15 points. So you have to think that they're aware of that now. They're seeing that they're going to utilize it. It's a little bit of a risk, but if they keep doing that and utilizing their more effective lineups – they are a very talented team. Their issue was never talent. It was the fact that they were playing guys that just weren't playing well together, um, you know, playing the wrong guys, all that sort of stuff. And it, it came together really well against Tennessee. The times of the George game that it did is when they looked good. They still covered that game and, and they, they shouldn't have, but they still did. As long as they're playing their more optimal lineups at home, they are a more talented team than Texas A&M and they ought to be able to win this by more than five. You never really know if that's going to happen. And if that optimal lineup only plays three minutes together, you know, we're just going to be left scratching our heads. But I'm going to hope that they have seen the same things we have. They're going to get them out on the court together a lot. And that lineup is dominant. And they ought to be able to have enough runs at home to take care of, a, of an team that's looked pretty solid. But I still don't think is quite to the talent level of this Kentucky team. Um, Southern says it's a Kentucky minus six. So it's a B grade pick at minus five. The model wants four and a half, but personally I think laying five is still a pretty strong option here. Backing the Wildcats totals 137. The model would tell you to go over on this one at 142.8 is its projection. So it's a strong overplay. I'm not going to play the over personally just because We've seen AM play in a lot of really low scoring games. I mean, they allowed 12 points to Florida in the first half uh, earlier this week. I don't even know how that's possible when you're not. I mean, bottom line, they're full stop. I don't know how it's possible in a power five conference game with two good teams. That doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. So, um, you know, they only scored like 21 or something in the first half. So I'm, I'm a little bit leery to play the, the over here with AM, given some of what I've seen from them. But. The model would indicate over um, the offense is definitely better than that. The offenses are better than the defenses here. Um, so if you want to trust the model on that, go with the over, go for it. I'm just going to stick to line the five with Kentucky. That's my favorite play for this one. Also, 1 p.m. Central, an early game out there. 1 p.m. Central, it's an 11 a.m. Uh, local tip, I believe, for Arizona, maybe noon. I can never remember Arizona time zones. I, it's something about daylight savings time, I guess, right? We're uh, – I guess we're not in daylight savings time, so I think now they are maybe only one hour. It's maybe it's a noon game. I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. It's early. 
right? And so it's an early tip, but um, you have to assume the crowd's going to be there. This is probably the biggest home game of the year. I mean, obviously it's a big rivalry with Arizona State, but here you got by far the two best teams in the conference. Um, you have to assume it'll be a rocking crowd there. Mentioned this last time, we're at the second nine of the back-to-back here when the Pac-12 road trips can be a little bit tough. UCLA really did not play well against Arizona State, pulled away at the end and, and won handily, um, but was only outside the number for the last you know TV timeout, basically. If they do that against Arizona, Arizona might wipe the floor with them. Uh, Arizona's been a little bit up and down here. They've had moments here this last month where they've looked really good, and they've had moments where they just – they don't look like they want that one seed or even a two seed. They look like they're just kind of meh. And, and so I'm really curious to see what we're going to get out of Arizona these last two months. Because if the meh version of Arizona comes out and plays, they're going to start falling down that seeding because they're going to suffer some losses. They already have, and they'll suffer a couple more. If the good Arizona shows up, though, um, I mean, they're capable of being a one seed. So uh, a lot of variants there. UCLA has been playing out of their minds really, really well. But I just think that this is a game that it's a little bit of a toss-up here. I give the slight edge to Arizona. I'm going to back Arizona. To me, the bottom line is this feels like a situation where Arizona wins at home, the return matchup, UCLA wins at home. That's kind of the way I think this goes. So I'm going to back Arizona at a pick them. I don't really want to lay anything more than one with them because I think it should be a tight contest, and I think they could easily win by like one, two, or three or something. So I don't want to lay a big number because it should be really close. should be a good game. Um, I do think UCLA is the better team, but – at, at, at Arizona, I think they can get the job done. So I'm going to back them there. It's also an A-grade model pick, one of the few A-grades we're going to talk about today. Um, so the model likes it as well. With regards to total, total is 150. Model says 140, so the model would indicate going under. It's tough with Arizona. You just never know what style of basketball they're going to play. If they focus on playing a little bit of defense, it's there. They can play decent defense. Then... 150 is not going to happen, but Arizona can run and score in a hurry. Um, and UCLA can too. So, I mean, it could be an up and down game and I could see 165 points in this game without really breaking a sweat. But if UCLA really clamps on the defense and the teams focus on getting really good possessions, 150 is just too high. So the model thinks it's too high. I'm just going to focus on Arizona myself. Where I am playing the total here, 1 p.m. Central Texas Tech at Kansas State. I'm going to go over 145. I mean, copy paste what I said from TCU. Kansas here about the total, right? Just, these are two teams that they play relatively fast. They've got good offenses. They're, the defenses aren't bad, but the offenses are just better than the defenses. And so these totals still have not caught up. The Big 12 refs continue to call an insane number of fouls, which means you end up with a lot of free throws with the clock stop and, and points happening when the clock stops good for the over. Um, a lot of these Big 12 totals, I really think should be closer to 150. You, you just have a big discrepancy between the offenses and defenses. And again, the defenses are all pretty good, but the offenses are just elite. And that is why we end up with a lot of overs here. And again, you combine that with the refs. I, I just like the over here, 145. Again, I think it should be probably more like 150. Uh, the model here says 147, but even that I would go over. Um, I like Kansas State to win this game. I'm a little bit concerned about Tech. The issue is Kansas State coming off of that big win against Kansas. That's only their third win, I believe, over Kansas in the last like 14 years or something like that. It's been, you know, they don't, they don't beat them often. That was a big win, a lot of emotions, and, and they've got a phenomenal coach there, of course, who you know is doing his darndest <laughs> this week to say, that was great. Now I've got to keep focusing 
on the rest of the mission because every week is a grind in the Big 12. Every, every three, four days, right? The issue is sometimes 19-year-old kids don't really get that message very clear. So I, it, it's it's a side that I just don't want to touch. You're going to have a lot of desperation from Tech um, with their struggles so far. And we, I've mentioned this before, right? When you look at you know West Virginia finally getting their first conference win, uh, Baylor getting you know having none, then now rolling off a few. At least the desperation's gone from them. Tech still looking for their first conference win. The bottom two teams in the Big 12 are probably going to be deserving of a tournament bid based off of talent. They're probably going to be better than some of the at-large teams, but they're probably not going to make it because the record just won't be there. Tech's getting to the point where they've got to start winning some games. That desperation they're going to have combined with Kansas State coming off of that. I just don't know where everyone's head is. I don't. I just don't know. I don't know the um, emotion that's been happening in practice here for either team. It's just a, a high-variant situation. Again, I can't say it's a better team. At home, and so when you look at it, the number is four and a half. And and if if Kansas State was not coming off of that game, and Tech had a, had won a conference game already, I'd lay the four and a half for Kansas State. So if you want to, that's the smart play with regards to the X's and O's. Um, but I just it, there's just too many unknowns with these kids. I don't really think it's worth investing in because of the specifics of this situation. I do think there will be a lot of points either way. Though, so I'm going to stick with that over 145. To be in Central, James Madison and Southern Miss, a little bit of an under-the-radar game here, but two uh, pretty good Sunbelt teams in a game that you should make sure that at least once all those 1 p.m. games in, you flip over to this one before the uh, 3 p.m. games get going too deep. I'm going to take James Madison getting a point at Southern Miss. James Madison got it done for us last uh, time out when Cousin Jared was on. They... The total did not hit, but we did get James Madison in overtime. They seem to have righted their wrongs. And Southern Miss, obviously a really good team, 16-4 um, and four in the season, but it's a lot of soft wins. I think that James Madison is the better team. Sideline says they should be favored by 1.6. It's an A-grade play here. They win, according to the model, 54% of the time. And anytime you can get points or about even money on the money line on a team that wins 54% of the time, it's a good investment. So it should be a fun contest. Total on this one's 147 and a half. So you should have some points. Model thinks 146 and a half. It's not really worth messing with on the total. Cousin Joe was on here talking about James Madison hadn't been scoring as late. Scored plenty this last time out. If they score like they want to, they're going to play this game over. Uh, Southern Miss, though, you know, doesn't really play slow, but you have to imagine going to try to slow them down a little bit. I'm not sure they've got the defense to do that. So I think James Madison has their way. Scores plenty. Again, if the model projection was higher, I would like the over. I just can't get there because of the projected number that it's giving me. Uh, so instead, I'm just going to focus on, again, grabbing the point with James Madison, which is an A-grade play, according to Sideline. 3 p.m. Central, Marquette at Seton Hall. I mean, at this point, Marquette's just like a blind over bet. Right, it doesn't even matter really who they're playing. Uh, Seton Hall last time out against UConn had a game that really should have gone over. Thankfully for us, it stayed under. Um, but I, I feel like you know this Marquette team could get anybody to go over. Uh, Seton Hall, of course, is a really good defense. They don't really play that slow though, uh, and Marquette with the way that they're playing, a little bit fast. Um, it's not all crazy tempo. It's just an incredibly efficient offense. And when you've got that sort of offense, Seton Hall's defense, uh, you know, 
good, but I'm not sure there are many defenses in the country good enough to stop Marquette. I think if you're going to beat Marquette, you've got to try to slow him down a little bit and you've got to score a bunch of points because their defense is just pretty mediocre. Um, I'm not sure if Seton Hall can do that or not. Marquette is a two-point favorite, and the model says that they went on average by about 0.7 points. So it's a, it's a real stay away. I'd, I'd like to play Marquette. I just don't want to lay two. If I could lay one, maybe. But even the model says that's about right. So I just can't really get behind either side here. Like I said, as much as I think Marquette's the better team, and I think that Seton Hall is going to have a hard time solving them, it's just not a really big enough edge to play. Seton Hall's offense is still above average, and it's still going to score some points on Marquette. Um, to me, this total is just confusingly low. I, I think maybe it's a little bit of respect for Seton Hall's defense. It's just maybe people don't realize just how good Marquette's offense is. 143, though, is an overplay for me. The model thinks 146 and a half. Um, and again, just the way Marquette's been playing just feels like just roll with the overs until the numbers catch up. And I don't think they've caught up yet whatsoever. Also 3 PM central Baylor at Oklahoma. Um, obviously it's a Baylor alum. I've talked a lot about this team and early on how confusing they were. And, and I, I mentioned on discord, I trusted Scott drew to figure it out at some point, just didn't know when, and hopefully it wasn't too late. Um, they, they were a frustrating team to watch, but I mean, they've really figured it out here as of late. All those close conference losses, and I mentioned this before, they really started playing a much faster tempo, just going up and down and, and scoring uh, really well. The offense was going and that they didn't really have an identity for a while, and it, it started to take shape as that was their identity, but they weren't winning, and you know he stuck with the course, and it's worked for him as of late here. I think that same thing gets it done here. I just think Oklahoma's in that bottom four of the Big 12, which is still very good. Right, but uh, I think that top six is just at a different tier, and I'm going to take the top six at the bottom against the bottom four teams any day of the week. It's so different than the Texas Oklahoma game, right? I think Baylor and Texas are pretty comparable. Texas was able to go on the road in Norman and win. I think Baylor can do the same thing. I just think that um, these are the chance for the bottom teams to get a win at home, but I still like the road teams. I think they're more likely to, to, to get it done. I just like Baylor. Their offense is better, their defense is just as good, and just the way they've scored allows them to win this game, in my opinion. So I'm going to grab Baylor at minus one. Model says minus 1.6. But even with that small discrepancy, still gives us a B grade. Um, so I, I, it's still a pretty solid play, I think. The total of this one's 142 and a half. Model says 141.6. The only concern I have and the only reason I'm not playing the over in this one is Oklahoma is one of those teams that plays really slow. And so uh, I'd like this number to be under 140 before I play the over. Oklahoma's offense is pretty efficient, but it, you know you have to think they know what Baylor wants to do, and they're going to really try to slow that down. And again, Baylor's efficiency, I still think Baylor's going to score plenty, but if Oklahoma really grinds this game to a halt, it doesn't, I don't think it really helps them win it as much as I just think it's going to help keep it lower scoring. And that's kind of what they want. They want fewer possessions because I think they have to know if there's more possessions of this game, they get into a track meet, you know, they aren't going to win. So I just don't see a track meet game happening. I think it's lower scoring. Again, I still think Baylor's offense is good enough to win in that game. It's just, I'm a little bit nervous about going over. Would not go under anytime Baylor's playing though with what I've seen from them. So it's a stay away from me in the total and just going to instead focus on Baylor minus one. 4 p.m. Central, NC State and North Carolina, a little rivalry game here. I'm going to grab the six points with the Wolf Pack. 
It's an A grade play according to the model, which says this should be North Carolina minus 3.7. North Carolina, uh, 7 and 12 against the spread. They've been a pretty profitable team to mostly fade. NC State, 11 and 7 against the spread, been a pretty profitable team to back. I don't really see why that changes here. I still think the perception's off a little bit on both of these teams. I think NC State's a little bit better than people realize. I think North Carolina, they're just a little bit variable, and I, I still think they're a team that, for the most part, tends to just play tight games. They tend to have a hard time putting teams away, and they tend to have a hard time getting blown out, which I guess that's a good thing when they're playing better teams on the road. They don't tend to get beat that bad a lot. It seems like they just play in a lot of tight games. This game's tight. You want those plus six, that plus six in your back pocket. To me, the bottom line on this was that NC State has been overperforming the model expectations by about seven points a game over the last month. And given that the model thinks that this should be about a three or four point contest, if they even continued out perform the model as they've been doing, and again, the model's built to react relatively slowly, then they got a chance to win this game. So no different than the Miami-Duke game that I mentioned, that ACC contest at the top of the show. Decent chance the road team hangs around, maybe they win, but I just think we've got a tight contest here. They can hang around, and uh, the plus six is a good investment. Total is 154. Model says 154.6, so not a total that I am touching. 5 p.m. Central Alabama at Missouri. Going to lay the five and a half with Alabama. And a game that's total is 163 and a half. Model says 166. Given the success we had in getting over kind of accidentally, even with Arkansas over or push, depending on the number you got with Arkansas, Missouri, you might think over. I don't think it's a terrible play. My fear with the over here is that Arkansas and Alabama are relatively similar with their pace. That total was about eight points lower. That's because Alabama's offense is, is better. Um, but that needed like 60 free throws just to get either to a push or get you over by like a point and a half or something like that, maybe two at best. Maybe there's 60 free throws here, but that's not something you count on. And so, you know, that game only got to 155, I believe. If you take away a bunch of those free throws, even if you add in Alabama's better offense, I, again, model would, would lean over. I don't think it's the craziest play. It's just too high of a number given that I just don't want to have to rely on that same sort of free throw luck here. Instead, I'm just going to lay the five and a half with Alabama. Again, y'all, we've talked about this before. Y'all know seven's kind of my pivot point on where my, my starting point is, right? I'm not laying the six with Duke or North Carolina, so it's not an, an always go. But if I like that side, I definitely want to lay a number less than seven. And that's kind of what it what I, what it's down to with here with Alabama. I like Alabama. I just don't want to lay a number greater than seven. So five and a half falls in that category. They're by far the better team. Uh, obviously, they're on the road, but uh, Missouri – just has spurts where they look really good and they have spurts where they're just okay. And if they play a full complete game, um, you know, and they've done that a few times this year, uh, Illinois comes to mind. They've got a really good chance at winning this game, but they also have like the Kansas game as well on their, on their resume. So you just never quite know what you're going to get with this Missouri team, but Alabama is really, really good. I've been so impressed with what I've seen from them. And I'm just going to say, Hey, they're, a much better team. I know they're on the road, but they got two real good chances to win this one. Number one, they just run away with in the second half. There should be plenty of possessions, plenty of points, and plenty of chances to get up by 15. That way, even a 7-0 Missouri run still keeps them outside the number. Or they're winning the game by 3-4 late, have the ball inside 30 seconds. Missouri's got a foul. We start making a few free throws. We can get outside the number that way. So a lot of ways we can cover a number here. Again, 
six or under is really bad. Seven would be, for sure would be my cap point, but at six even, laying five and a half or six, I still think it's a great investment here on the Crimson Tide. 5 p.m. Central, Texas at West Virginia. Only skipping one Big 12 game. <laughs> Decided not to cover all of them just because I didn't want to do all of them. So I skipped the weakest of all of them. That should be an interesting contest. It's just two of the, uh, one of the weaker teams and one of the maybe less exciting teams, I guess. But um, here we've got a late afternoon game out in Morgantown. We just saw what can happen in Morgantown. It's a tough place to play. And that's part of the reason why I'm not taking a side here. Uh, Sideline says this is West Virginia minus 0.6. It's not drastically different than the Baylor-Oklahoma game. The key difference is that playing, as, as, a, as a Baylor fan, playing in Morgantown worried me. And that was a tight contest, and, and Baylor barely got the win there. It was tight all the way to the end. And you saw what happened here with TCU this week. Playing in Norman doesn't really scare me as much. It's not to say that they have a bad home court. It's just of all the big 12 home courts, Norman and, and Waco too, wait, not the Baylor has a good home court advantage, right? But Baylor's one of the, the weaker ones. TCU's one of the weaker ones. Norman's one of the weaker ones, right? Um, so it's, it's pretty similar to the Baylor Oklahoma game, except that home court. I'm not as worried about this one. I am. So I'm just not going to touch it. It's a similar thing. It's a, a one point spread either direction. Texas, the better team, but, in Morgantown, it's a tough place to play. So I just don't want to mess with the side because I don't know who wins. And there's not, if I was getting three points with either team or I was getting good plus odds, I'd say, sure, I don't know who wins, but I'm getting value. I don't think there's any value here. I don't know how the game plays out with regards to who's better or not. Uh, given the game location, giving West Virginia a boost, right? Or, or Texas a little bit of a, a detriment, right? Both those things, I guess, being true. Said I'm going to go over 145. Um, you know, model says 149. Models really like Texas unders because of their defense, but it's finally come around to most of those unders. I feel like, you know, we played like five unders and I think maybe two of them won. Maybe we played six and two of them won or something like that. They just weren't working. Models really come around now to the fact that Texas offense is really good. Their defense just isn't that good, which is surprising given that even though he's not there now, this is still a crispier team with his staple on the pro on the program. But even when he was there, it just wasn't the same defense that we had seen before. It was a, a team that's like the TCUs of the world, and the Kansas States of the world, and the Kansas and now Baylor, where it's just the offense is just really good. The defense is solid, but nothing special. And that's just not what we expected from a, a crispier team. And now that the model's caught up here, it says that 145 is not enough. I tend to agree. Uh, both these teams have underperformed uh, or have been, have been, have scored more points. Uh, than the models projected here in the last month. And I don't see why that wouldn't continue here. Another Big 12 game that's total in the mid-140s. I think they should all be in, the, in about 150. And so instead of, of uh, a side here, I'm going to play over 145. One evening game here for you, 7.30 p.m. Central. Florida at Mississippi State. Got a lot of overs to all these Big 12 games, but we're going to go over 100, under 127 here. I mentioned that Florida game where they scored 12 points in the first half. Mississippi State's had some offensive struggles. Mississippi State did get it going in that second half against Tennessee, but in general, they've had a hard time scoring points. Florida also with a very good defense, and Florida has really slowed down that pace over the last few weeks, and I'm not sure my model or any model has really caught up to just how defensive-minded this team has become, and, and maybe that just snaps out, but just on the whole, 
They just played in a lot of really low-scoring games, and it's just hard to play catch-up to just how low-scoring they should be. Mississippi State's been that way for a few months now. I'm going to go under 127. The models is 124. And again, the models overshot both of these teams' totals for the last month, Florida by a lot. And so, I mean, this game might struggle to get to 120, to be honest, just based off of the defenses, off of the offensive you know, times have gone cold and just disappeared for a while. And the pace of this game, I think 127 is way too many. So going to go under there. With regards to the side, Mississippi State's a two and a half point favorite. Model says 1.6. It's a tough one because the, you know, Florida's the better team on the road. I just would like to get three really. And it's two and a half right now. So if it jumps up to three, if you can find a three, that would be an A-grade play, but at Florida plus two and a half is not a side. I'm just going to wait for three, and if three never gets here, you know we don't have to make the bet. We can pass on the side, but if it gets a three, I think that's a good investment. Uh, I just want that push protection on three. We see it all the time. The model wants, always is looking to get to threes on these coin toss games. We see it all the time how important uh, that is where games just land right around the ballpark. Um, and so getting the win on one and two and the push on three is just too valuable. So we're going to pass on the side unless it gets to three, at which point it would become an A-grade play. And instead focus on the total of under 127. Which takes it to overtime. Still a good game, but it's kind of fitting because the lateness of this one, this will be the overtime of your day. 10 p.m. Central Oregon at Stanford. I'm going to lay the two and a half to the Ducks a little tentatively. Uh, a couple things to point out on this game. Uh, first off, Oregon has been um, bad, questionable, uh, inconsistent, or maybe they've been consistent in the, in the wrong direction for almost the whole season. They've really underperformed. Still 11 and 8, but they've played at a level that is not worthy of an at-large bid in the tournament, and that is definitely not what they expected coming into the season. They can still turn that around. There's still a lot of season left. They got some big games coming up, and they can easily get back into at-large contention. It's just right now, that's not what they are. Stanford is 6-12 and and has also had some injury issues you know, also not a team that's <laughs> worthy of an at-large bid. But when you look at all the power ratings and how the model projects this out, the model isn't saying Oregon should run away with this one. And and that the fact that this is two and a half, it just it kind of like sirens are going off in my head because I'm looking at it saying an eleven and eight team against a six and twelve team. Why isn't the eleven and eight team favored by more? Safer played a tough non-conference schedule, but I mean Oregon did too. You know. Oregon's getting healthier and we've been talking about that. And, you know, I, I, my, my, my question is what's happening with Oregon because you go back to last weekend and they got waxed by Arizona state and then they destroyed Arizona. And that's just bonkers. Right. And I said last week here, I said, I'm going to make Oregon prove it. And they did. And then they got a very impressive win over a Cal team who's, you know, finally getting healthy as well on the road. You know, there's a chance this Oregon team is now that they're getting healthy, they're finally going to just start being up on the rise and it's going to be somewhat meteoric given I mean, they had just three, four guys. We're going to play minutes out. And that's, that's tough in a, on a basketball team. You only, you know, use a seven, eight man rotation. Most of the time, you got half the guys out, you know, that, that hurts you a lot. So I, I just, I, I think Oregon's getting healthy. I, I 
I think they're playing well at the right time. And Stanford, Stanford's not bad. I mean, Stanford's better than six and twelve. Maybe Stanford wins this outright. You know, Oregon has been a confusing team all season, but you know, I, I'm I'm gonna say Oregon last week. They showed me something. They showed me something again on on Thursday when I passed on uh, laying the the eight against Cal. We talked about the, the in the Discord. I said I wanted to wait till it got to seven. If it didn't get to seven, we're gonna play. It, it didn't matter because they won by about twenty or something. They've shown it to me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm dipping my toe in the water here with Oregon and saying, Hey, if this is real, you know, I want to be a part of the ride. Uh, and, and I think there's a good chance it is. Maybe it's just like last weekend and Oregon just kind of does another, you know, okie doke on us and loses this game by 20 against Stanford. Don't get me wrong here. That's why I say there's no locks in gambling. Stanford is a much better team than that six and 12 record, but I just like the way Oregon's playing right now. And I think if I can lay a number that's, less than three. I'd really like two is really what I'd like here, but I still think two and a half is a pretty reasonable investment to end your night. So if you can shop around, if you can get a two, that's, I think where it's really good, but even two and a half or three, I still think is worth the money here on Oregon because if they play like they played these last two games and they're finally healthy and gelling and they are well coached, then they got a really good chance to go in and, and win this by double digits. So that's what I'm going to bank on here backing Oregon late night. And that's all I got for you here. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Picture the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe. We got the NFL playoff episode. If you missed that, you got that. If you subscribed, you already you already know what's coming. You you already seen it. Um, otherwise, again, six days a week college basketball content. We'll be back for Monday games. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>